you know, I've, I remember this one show, I have this, um, one of the guitars I have is this big flying V. It's like um, an LTD, I think. And uh, it's just massive, right? And sometimes you lose sight of where everyone is on the stage. And I've done a few big guitar swings where I've clipped my singer in the face and he's bleeding, <laughs> right? And he's, but he's like singing away, like singing his heart out. It just... And welcome to the Sloppy Syndicate Show. We have Ultimatum in the green room waiting to come in to pleasure your ear holes. They are based out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. And uh, we are going to play one of their newest tracks, unreleased. We're going to give you a sneak peek of it. So as we bring Ultimatum in, we are going to play that song, and I hope you enjoy it. And that is a phenomenal song, uh, unreleased. Uh, I was able to listen to the entire song. Uh, we are streaming live on Twitch and YouTube at the moment. So, folks, if you have any questions out there, do not hesitate to uh, throw them in the chat. And let's go ahead and welcome Ultimatum in from Thunder Bay, Ontario, the Great North. So, how are we doing? Good, Great. good, Great. Donnie. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. How's the weather up there in Ontario? Uh, is it freezing this time still? or uh, Not as nice as we'd like it. We we still have snow on the ground here and it's uh, wow. starting to get a bit warmer, but it's, <laughs> it's a bummer. Typically we'd have just grass at this point, but we're not there yet. So we, we had uh, a pretty snowy winter this year. So uh, well, just to let you know, we're uh, like 84 and uh, kind of cloudy down here in Florida. So, you know, rubbing in a little bit. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> just just trying yeah. to rub it in. Envious, <laughs> right? You know, I'll uh, I'll send some good vibes your way, some good uh, sunshine. So, uh, like I said, they're uh, you're based out of Thunder Bay, Ontario, um, and typically I like to uh, kind of describe a band um, who they may remind me of, and you guys have made uh, this very difficult. Um, I cannot pinpoint it. You guys have such a unique sound, unique vocals, very soothing vocals. Um, you know, some of the songs I could fall asleep to, it's, you know, it's that soothing. Um, so if I could put a name, I would probably say Mumford and Sons, but a, a lot more mellower, you know, so you, you, you have all, you have, you have pianos in your songs, you have, it's just go ahead and explain it. Cause I'm not going to do it justice. Sure. Well, you know what? It's, we, we run into this all the time, Donnie, like we, Every single album we release sounds entirely different, right? Like the last album we released last year, Born in the Afterglow, was a little bit more kind of what you're discussing, a little bit more of a softer approach. Um, you know, a lot of piano influence, kind of hev heavily ballad driven, um, where this new album is the antithesis of that. So we're going to go in a completely different direction. We we've infused a lot of different kind of like techno styles with some really heavy drums, heavy guitar with a lot of guitar, like maiden style harmonies. Okay. Um, and then like a poppy vocal that kind of sits on top of everything. So it's, it's, it, we, we kind of teased this a little bit in the last album. There was two songs, um, hold you and, um, fire in your eyes that had a little bit of that synth influence. Um, and we just, we, we got a really good reception kind of across the globe on those songs, um, in magazine interviews and stuff like that and articles and, so we wanted to kind of write an album that was dedicated to that kind of late 90s techno infused hard rock 
and just come up with a completely different sound that's never, um, you know, kind of never been heard before, at least by us anyways, right? So, but it's always interesting what, when other people kind of compare who they think we sound like to. Um, someone just said The Cure not long ago, actually, one of the other artists from our record label okay, said The Cure, which I love The Cure. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't, in, like, that wasn't my intent when writing these songs, like, right. in terms of sounding like a specific artist, listen to a lot of different artists, I think, as, as a collective, the four of us, so, um, and it just naturally happens, we have a natural kind of um, signature sound, and it all depends on what we're listening to and what we're inspired by at the time, it kind of seeps its way in and um, comes through our own little melting pot and comes out the other end, so. Absolutely, and uh that album, uh, Born in the Afterglow, is uh, phenomenal. Um, there's a few songs on there, Deal with the Devil, um, All Night. Uh, I mean, every song on there um, you'll probably fall in love with. So definitely check them out. Um, and like you said, you, you've had articles written, um, you know, in magazines. And that I know you guys are big in Scotland. Uh, you know, so tell us where, you know, uh, you're based out of Canada. So we're on opposite sides of, uh, you know, the uh, North American continent. Um, you know, so we don't really get much of your music down here and vice versa. You probably may not get much of our, uh, Florida based music. So, uh, you know, tell the, tell the listeners out there, you know, you're big in Scotland, you know, what are, um, you know, describe to us what, um, you know, Scotland, Ireland, are you kind of, uh, you know, Canadian UK and, and Scotland based or. Well, it was, yeah, no, that's a great point. It was interesting because. We, we went on a little tour of Ontario because we're located in Ontario, Canada. And we came back. And when we got back from that tour, we got an email from uh, a record label in Reading, Pennsylvania. So an American label as Canadian artists. So that was, that was big for us because up until that point, we were primarily dealing with the local scene here in Thunder Bay, right? Which, is, which was good a couple of years back. And it's, it's still going strong. But um, we, were, we were ready to expand. So... We got an email that was very direct and it was from the depths and they wanted to represent us as one of their artists and we were like this is amazing right we can reach a larger audience through this and through that connection we were able to land you know different collaborations we we were we collaborated with a rapper in las vegas and that was kind of a cool experience and then um from that point on we started to get some exposure in a few different american magazines and then through our label we actually landed on castle fm which is a radio station in edinburgh scotland and uh and that was a big thing and that kind of just started the the kind of the train rolling in europe where through that process and through our label and just other um media outlets hearing us on the radio we were able to then land a bunch of different magazines over in europe um for whatever reason the uk seems to be um a big kind of fan of ours which is which is amazing um i'm originally my family actually we we're, we come from the uk so that was kind of a little dream of mine to get some recognition over there. And um, for whatever reason, it's kind of now working its way back um, into Canada. So it kind of went to America, then it went overseas, and now it's coming back where we're doing a few different interviews and stuff in um, Canadian-based radio stations and magazines, which is which is kind of nice how that works. But we, uh, we were so focused on getting exposure at that point to, to an almost obsessive point where we wanted to just keep keep it going. We want to, our main objective is to have as many people listen to our music as possible because our art is a bit of an extension of our personalities and we just want to share that with the world. So we looked at every one of these opportunities as um, a way to do that, right? A way to expand our audience and be able to share our music with, with the world. 
And, and that's how the music industry should be. You know, you, everyone builds everybody up and we all rise together. Um, but it, it's very unique and very cool to see how you guys, um, you know, like you said, you have an uh, American label and then you, you, you kind of branched out to, uh, you know, Europe and then you're getting bigger in Canada now and, and, and North America. So um, just, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal to uh, even cross paths with, uh, you know, Ultimatum and uh, to have you on the show and then just to see you know, where the music is actually going. So uh, the song I played earlier is uh, In My Blood. Uh, so that's an unreleased single that is coming out. Uh, we also have another uh, unreleased single that is coming out, and that is uh, Run From You. Um, you know, so is there going to be an EP on that? Or, or you know, what are, your, what are you guys thinking? Absolutely. Well, actually, Run From You, uh, it was released last, mo- uh, last month. Oh, um, my bad. No, no, that's all good, Donnie. Yeah, it was we released. And that was kind of like we were... We were th- we were kicking around ideas because from the ne- so our next album is called In My Blood. Um, the track we heard earlier was the self title or the title track off the album. Um, so we we have ten songs on the album that's going to be dropping later this year, and we were kind of thinking, okay, well, what's the best song that represents these ten songs, right? And they're and they're like I said, they're all very up tempo, they're all very techno infused, just kind of cool maiden guitar riffs and heavy technical drums over top and but with very hooky choruses. So very like kind of poppy, catchy choruses. And uh, we figured Run From You would be a good starting point just because it was, once again, it was the antithesis of what we did with Afterglow in terms of it kind of being more in your face and a little bit heavier. Um, So we wanted to kind of have that be kind of like the one that caught everyone's attention before we release In My Blood, which is a little bit more radio friendly. And then the idea, like I said, is to release a third um, single with with then following it by the actual release date of the, the album. So our goal isn't we we released an EP a few years back um, called Anybody Out There. And I don't think we're going to release one this time around. Um, we may release a deluxe edition because there were two songs that didn't make the cut of 10. So okay. hard to say what that's going to look like. But um, it's a 10 track album. Uh, that's about 40, 40 ish minutes, I think, in in runtime. So, yeah. And a lot of your songs are, uh, anywhere from four to six minutes. Um, which is, is, is nice. I like longer songs myself. You know, there's some songs that are two minutes and 20 seconds. You just get in the vibe and then it's like, all right, the song's done. But, um, you know, so you guys do overall have a, a longer length, uh, per song, um, than most, uh, artists do. Um, you know, so let's kind of go back to COVID and, and how did that affect you guys as a band or how did that, um, elevate you as a band yeah that no that's great um when COVID hit it kind of shocked us a little bit because we couldn't play live anymore and I think a lot of artists um musicians especially were feeling kind of that that lack of being able to go out there and actually being able to connect with audiences and play shows and so instead of letting that hinder our our process you know we were so fortunate we have a studio here in Thunder Bay and our own producer and that's Thunder Sound Studio. Um, and, and we're incredibly fortunate because if it wasn't for that, I don't know if we would have kind of lasted through the COVID experience. Um, so during that time, we were really able to write and release Born in the Afterglow and then In My Blood, that's going to be coming out uh, shortly as well. So we really wanted to capitalize on kind of a tragic thing. Um, you know, obviously, we don't want to make light of the, you know, COVID, but we wanted to take advantage of that and really build connections in terms of the global market and um, really be able to reach out to people like your, such as yourself, right. And have these conversations and um, not only that, but also write music. So 
what COVID allowed us to do was almost write tw twice as fast because we were like isolated <laughs> and we were right. sending ideas back and forth. So my singer would be sending ideas, Sam Muka, to, to us and we'd be listening to them and kind of formulating ideas before we were able to get back in the studio and actually start writing and recording. So um, that allowed us to write quicker. And it also allowed us to, when we because when, we went to like six different lockdowns here in Thunder Bay, so uh, in Ontario, actually. So we, uh, you know, we we took those opportunities when we were in lockdown to really press, you know, the press release and really kind of push the music and, um, you know, take time to have these conversations before we jump into another album. Because in the past, we've been kind of infamous for, um, we've been called prolific in some of the, some of the reviews because we just release, you know, one after the other. So we wanted to kind of take that time, stop for a second, really celebrate what we just did and then start the writing process. Um, so yeah, so I, I'd say our, our, our fan base or our um, listeners have probably doubled um, okay. since COVID, which is, which has been amazing, right? Which is funny because we, like I said, we haven't been playing shows. So I think COVID showed us that we can actually reach a larger, larger audience through, you know, social, social media or platforms such as this, than we can just playing a local show. Right. Absolutely. And uh, so you guys obviously took full advantage of, of the quarantine by writing songs and, and, you know, getting things ready to go. So when the time, you know, as now, you know, when things are starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy, um, you guys are ready to rock and roll. So, um, you know, you, you were talking about releasing the single In My Blood and, and releasing a uh, maybe two more singles before you release the full album. Um, so, I've noticed a lot of bands releasing singles, uh, you know, before the album. What do you what do you think contributes to that? Well, so we did a horrible job on the last album in terms of that because we didn't we didn't release any singles. We just we dropped the album and it was kind of like it was a lot for people to digest, especially because it was a departure from our earlier sound. Our, our, our earlier sound is a little bit heavier. Um, so it was kind of like, what is this? Right. So we didn't focus necessarily on the single. So. This time around, why we wanted to release Run From You ahead of time is we wanted to get give people a taste and really kind of push it and promote it and say, this is what you can expect. Because once again, we're going in a different direction. We're keeping that core sound, like we're keeping our signature sound, but we're, in, we're incorporating so many different influences into the mix. Um, so we wanted to prepare, I guess, our listeners for what was about to transpire. So um, our goal with the singles is primarily to send out hooks to kind of show showcase what this album is actually going to be about so we're trying to pick three of the more diverse songs across the spectrum uh, to be able to give people a good taste um, as to what to expect for the album but the thing is is that all 10 songs have their own kind of unique flavor like I'm actually just looking at a list of them right now in the studio and it's like it's it's hard like it's hard to choose pick and choose what what ones we want to release because we all have our favorites right, right. so um, in my blood seems to be a favorite of all of us, um, just because it's very dancey, up tempo. It's very, it kind of gets caught in your head when you listen to it. Right. You know, a few times, it's very hooky. So, um, yeah, that's that's our intent with the singles is just to give people a taste and also to kind of draw it out over a longer period of time. That way, we're not just saying here you go, here's a full album. We're able to kind of, you know, digest, I guess, each individual single before we give the full thing. So. You know, as well along the way, you know, build more followers and listeners. And, uh, you know, like you said, dropping one full album is kind of like, boom, in your face, where this is kind of gradually leading up to, you know, one full album. 
uh, and and you're correct. I'm glad you touched on you know your previous music from uh, 2016, 2017-ish. Uh, you know, a little bit heavier, um, still you know same core sound. Um, I enjoyed uh, you know that as well. Um, you know, so did you guys take a break from 2017 or just kind of focused on uh, the the album of the Afterglow? <clears throat> excuse me, Born in the Afterglow. Well, yeah, no, that's a great point. Actually, that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on. We did. Um, it looks like on, on TuneCore or on any um, music streaming platform, it looks like we kind of dropped two albums in one month, <laughs> but we didn't. We wanted to, um, I think it was 2019, we wanted to um, release packages. So we released after um, the 2017 release, we re released Through Motion Chronicles, which was like an eight track album, but we released them in chunks of two. Okay. Uh, so we staggered the release. And then we didn't renew them. We dropped it as a full-length album right before we dropped Born in the Afterglow. Um, so we, we tried that, and it was kind of an interesting way to do it. It's kind of like the single idea where we wanted to give people just two songs per, per chunk to kind of listen to and digest before we hit them with the next one. So um, it was interesting. I think it was innovative because I, I haven't heard of anyone else doing that. I think that was our bass player, James Cole. I think that was his kind of brainchild and we all kind of thought it was a really unique way and we got behind it and supported it so um but yeah and then and then afterglow um after that we spent most of that year releasing born in the afterglow and then after that was released we went to lockdown again and <laughs> did that did the press piece and then we got right as soon as we could get back into the studio we were kind of um riffing on different ideas for for in my blood right and we just kind of went to work on it right away again so in that time, we we did different things. Like we did some local TV appearances, and like I said, always trying to kind of album press release, album press release, kind of that kind of progression. And since we couldn't do the shows, it kind of skipped that section, so it allowed us to move quicker on the writing process and and quicker on the promotion side of things. Absolutely. Um, so with such a unique sound, um, what are some of your musical influences? Um, you know, growing up, leading you into the music industry. Ooh. Probably both. Uh, that's probably a loaded question, I know, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it's always nice to see, yeah, uh, you know, where you get your influences from. So I can go first. My dad's record collection played a big role. I got my producer here, he's laughing because <laughs> he and I like a lot of the same music as well. But my dad's record collection, like, I, I grew up on like Zeppelin and okay, um, just, just like a huge, huge fan of the 70s. Um, not just 70s hard rock, but just just like Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, even Fleetwood Mac, right? Like I love Lindsey Buckingham's picking style and then and, and Pink Floyd. Obviously, that's that that was huge. Gilmore played a huge role in my kind of solo um, kind of freestyle solo playing. But then 80s hair metal, you know, kind of ashamed to, to say it, but not really. You know, it's that that played a big role in, in uh, Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. That for me was like the Holy Grail album. I studied that inside and out and slash became a, just such a massive influence on me and jimmy page and even rush uh alex lifeson canadian uh group and uh right up until like 90s like the kind of that english invasion that happened in the 90s with the alternative scene and the grunge scene and right up to modern day you know avenge sevenfold and um even some i, I like right now i listen to a lot of kind of 80s new wave and um also a lot of kind of newer alternative music just because it's interesting it doesn't sound it's kind of like what we're trying striving to do. It doesn't sound like anything I've heard. I, my ear gravitates towards new sounds and something different. I don't want to hear the same thing over and over again because it's been done, 
right? right? So I'm always looking for new innovative sounds that I can also not, not adopt, but I can be inspired by, and I can kind of leverage to pick up the guitar and want to, you know, write a brand new song or, um, you know, where we get, a, we get inspired by all sorts of things, not just music, but yeah, those are a few of my influences. They, um, I listen to a lot of obscure music, but I listen to everything from jazz to blues to techno to like, it's pretty eclectic. I just, I'm not a huge modern country fan, but that's the, uh, the one thing I'm not a huge fan of, but what about you, Brendan? Like to rebound off what Cam is saying, I listen to lots of hard rock music, like Kiss, Molly Crew, Motley Crew, Queens Reich, you know, all those 80s bands like Cam was listening to. I grew up listening to ACDC and all bands from that area. And uh, that's really what got me inspired to play the drums. And all, uh, all music. You know, did you have any musical influences in your family? Were, you know, any family members a musician that kind of pushed you, or, you know, one you just kind of followed your uh, passion of music? Well, my, my dad was a drummer before I was. Okay. And, you know, he had kind of retired away from it for a while. But, uh, yeah, I, him and I just set up the drum set one day in a shed in our yard <laughs> and uh, just started playing away. And, you know, I'd put the headphones in after school with the Discman at the time. And uh, I would just start learning how to play simple beats. And it just progressed and got bigger and bigger from there on until today. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think for me, it... Um... My biggest musical influence in terms of my family wasn't like my dad doesn't play uh, an instrument, but he was definitely a big proponent of kind of me wanting to learn because he was a music fan, right? Like he had a big record collection and um, I just, I was attracted to the artwork on the albums, right? Like I remember sitting there and looking at the actual artwork and discovering the music while I was discovering this artwork, right? And figuring out who the band, the band was or the artist was and, you know, and, and kind of, you know, following down that rabbit hole. And, and like I said, my dad doesn't play an instrument, but he was definitely in, in terms of my family, he was a big um, role model for me to want to pick up the guitar, even though he never picked up a guitar. Right. So it was, uh, it's interesting how that works, eh? how you can get inspired by different people kind of in your inner circle that nece that aren't necessarily musicians, but it inspires me musically. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm very visual. Like, like you said, I, I don't know how many albums or vinyls I picked up just due to the artwork. So um, if I see something that catches my eye, I, I, you know, same thing, I'll, I'll dig into it. And, you know, I found so many, um, you know, old school vinyls that I'm like, you know, never heard of them, but the music is, is great just because of the artwork. So um, also on the, on the flip side, I found some not so good ones, but the artwork was better. So <laughs> yeah, there's that too, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's, uh, and I remember like you were talking about the disc man and, uh, remember riding to school and we lived in a small farm town in Michigan. And, uh, so not too far from, from you guys at that point, but, uh, they had the anti-skip CD or the oh, anti-skip right. Walkman, which didn't work worth a crap because every bump you hit on the school bus, it always skip. But yeah. yeah and yeah. then we, I remember we ventured into MP3 players and MP3 players were like the new cool thing to do. And at that time they were so expensive. So it just, it's super cool to see how technology has advanced and how it has advanced, uh, you know, the music industry, uh, as well, um, getting, you know, like ultimatum, you know, I've, you know, finding you guys, or you finding me and, you know, just kind of like the, the musical networking per se. So. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think there's, it's funny you say that too, Donnie, because it's like pros and cons, eh? Like back in the day, like to get airplay, say in Scotland, we would have to go to Scotland and tour, right? But now we don't, like I've never been to Scotland, <laughs> right? Like, so it's it's one of those things where it's so much so much more accessible. Um, but then once again, the, the con to that would be that the music market is so oversaturated at this point for artists, right? So like the opportunities are there to be able to get your music heard all over the world, but there's such an abundance of music. You have to find that. that. Yeah, exactly. But then that, that excites me as a listener because it's like the, the, it's limitless, right? Like the options are limitless. I can go, I can listen to whatever I want. It's all at the touch, you know, at the touch of my fingertips, right? Through Spotify or Apple music or any streaming platform. So it's, it's phenomenal. And it's also not ideal um, when it comes to being an artist, but I think it's, I think there are probably more pros than cons if you just find ways to kind of capitalize and become innovative and just find different ways to kind of get exposure. Right. Yeah. And then, like you said, you know, being an artist, you have to, um, you know, definitely have to, uh, catch their attention. Um, and this day in day and age, especially with like TikTok, you have maybe 20, 30 seconds, if not less to catch somebody's attention. So, um, you know, so, you know, I see the pros and cons there. Um, you know, and it's just, it's crazy to me how many unsigned or even undiscovered or, um, underrated bands that I've found and I'm just like such as yourself um I'm like these guys are really good why are they not you know touring the big stages um you know so it's just it's crazy to see how the music has um you know transpired over the years uh what's up Nick H thanks for coming in uh folks if you have any questions don't hesitate to throw them in the chat and uh we'll throw it to ultimatum and uh get them to uh you know answer the question uh so being up in uh thunder bay area um what is uh the craziest tell us a crazy story of a uh a gig or something crazy that happened while you were playing a show oh man oh man we got a list of those right Uh, um i don't know do you have one at the top of your mind i'm trying to choose which one um well there's there's a lot of uh kind of equipment related issues, right? Like I remember, I remember a few different, there was actually, it wasn't, it wasn't us, but it was a band. There's a a well-known Canadian band called Toronto um, in Canada um, and named after the city. And we were playing the CLE Coliseum. So it's a, it's a bigger venue. And there was this, it was such a weird venue. There was us. And then there was this hardcore screamo band. And then there was this Toronto was like a classic rock band. So it was the weirdest lineup, but it was really, really cool. So you get these, these, you know, this group that went up with a bunch like skinny jeans and these deep V-necks, right. And they're just screaming away and, and it was pretty cool. And then the guitar player does this big guitar flip and he has these little kind of clips on to keep his guitar on. Right. But that didn't work. And the guitar went like, like so high in the air and landed <laughs> right on Toronto's equipment. And it was like, just like to watch it. I, I was embarrassed. Like it's I could like not imagine. Motion, like... Yeah. I think the guitar player too. I think he just like walked behind his amp and just like <laughs> crawled down. Like it was yeah. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> Pretending like it didn't happen, but it was, yeah, no, it's, and we've had, I don't know, we've had a bunch of stories like that, honestly, in, in, in here, like we've, you know, I've, I remember this one show I have this, um, one of the guitars I have is this big flying V it's like, um, an LTD, I think. 
And uh, it's just massive, right? And sometimes you lose sight of where everyone is on the stage. And I've done a few big guitar swings where I've clipped my singer in the face and he's <laughs> bleeding, right? And he's, but he's like singing away, like singing his heart out. It just, I don't know. I think it intensifies the show, right? Like it's, right. it's, and people talk about it, right? Like you go, you, you leave, right? You know, and people are talking about the ultimatum show where the singer bled all over the stage, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, the the guitar player knocked his tooth out, and he still kept yeah. going. You know? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of things like that too, right? Like Brendan hit a hit a girl in the audience with a drumstick in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, we we were done our set for the night, and I don't know, everyone just turned away at the wrong time as I threw my drumstick, and it just happened to bounce off her head, and that didn't turn out very well. Let's <laughs> she gave me the dirtiest glare. Yeah. I was like, ah. Oh, Come on, really? I was trying to give it to you. You turned yeah. around, not me. Yeah, I was trying to be that be that cool drummer and throw the audience a drumstick, and well, that did not work. And of, <laughs> and of, of course, it's the one girl in the audience that's that decides to turn around, right? Like it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be all the people around are still facing the stage, so right. Uh, yeah. What's up, Ellie? Thanks for uh, popping in. Um, yeah, I've you know, growing up, um, you know, we had so many venues around Orlando. Um, you know, for music. And it was just crazy. Some of the things I saw, some of the things I did, um, you know, back then it was a little more uh, lenient where you could run on stage and jump off the stage, you know, not hug the band or anything like that, but you could get on, they'd let you get on stage and jump in the crowd. And I don't know how many people I've seen bite their face on the floor because nobody caught them or, you know, <laughs> heck, I, myself, I even fell a couple times, you know, because you start, they start taking you back as you're crowd and surfing and people aren't paying attention. They're just like, bam. Oh, all right. I'm on the ground. Totally. Yeah, I lost, uh, lost my wallet one time. And that was the last time I actually crowd surfed. So. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That'll do it. Eh? Yeah. It's, I think it's because of the adrenaline, right? Like you get such a massive rush of adrenaline when you play shows. It's like, even if you, something like that does happen where you get hit in the face by a guitar or whatever, it's like your adrenaline is pumping so hard. You don't even feel it. Right. right There's been absolutely. so many shows I'll wake up the next day and I'll be, I'll be like, my neck is super sore just from kind of like bobbing my head on stage or whatever. Right. So it's, yeah, it's very euphoric. I find that it's, it's a different beast. Like that's one of the things we learned too coming into Thunder Sound studio was, you know, recording to metric, like to time, right? Now we have to be these disciplined musicians, right? And we were not disciplined at the time, right? Very undisciplined because we were just used to playing the live circuit here in Thunder Bay. So, um, you know, the difference between playing live and recording, it's like, it's entirely different, right? And I don't know if I have a preference. Like I was just thinking about this. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone the other day and um, I love seeing something come to fruition. Like I love being in the studio, writing a song, and seeing it come to life and sharing that with people. But I also love the, like I said, the adrenaline rush that you get not only playing a show, but before you get on stage, like you get those butterflies and even before doing the interview today, right? Like you get that little bit of, you know, anxiety, that little bit of adrenaline, right? And, but I know that's needed to harness, to be able to put on a great performance, right? If I don't get nervous before a show, the show's going to come off poorly. Um, yeah. That's happened. That's happened where I've just, I had a weird out of body experience one show. I didn't, I didn't feel anything before the show. I went up on stage and I really wasn't feeling it. Like I got really paranoid. Like I was looking at the audience, like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Like it felt like a, like a little bit like a poser. Right. And so I know that that fear, I need to have that fear to be able to harness it. So when I get on stage, I turn that into adrenaline and put on the best show that we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. And I still, I get nervous to this day, every show I'm like, all right, don't fuck up, Donnie. Don't fuck up. 
So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What's up, Daniel the Beard? Thanks for joining. Pleasure to have you in. But uh, yeah, and um, you know, there's some shows I'm just like, you know, we all have that. We're like, yeah, you know, you just you keep grinding, and then there's some shows that go better than others. But um, yeah, I still every show I still get the you know not butterflies, but I get anxious, and I'm just like. I'm, I'm like squirrel brain. So if I don't write something down, like, and, and process it in my head, I'm just like, I forget all about it, you know? So I'll be like, Oh, squirrel. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's why before backstage, we were kind of talking and I was rehearsing some of the stuff to you just so I could get it in my, br uh, in my brain. Once I say it once or twice, it's there, but if I don't think about it, it I'll forget it. Like, I won't remember your name I, for, 10 years, but I'll remember your face for the rest of my life. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so being up in uh, Canada, are you guys big hockey fans? I know uh, I grew up playing some hockey, so. Yeah. I grew up playing hockey too, up till about 10 or 12 years old. Okay. I still try to play, but, uh, yeah, I'm old now. So it's a little rough on the body when you go drop in and play a game. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually more of a football guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like NFL. I watch a lot of American football, so that's more and, more my jam. And it's uh, nice because you have the NFL, then you have the CFL. You know, so that's like true. when the NFL's done, then you can watch the CFL. So that's very true. Not a huge CFL guy, to be honest. <laughs> weirdly enough, but more of a more of an NFL. I'm a Steelers Steelers fan. So all right, I'll I'll give that to you. I'm a Steelers fan. Nice. Uh, myself, okay. uh, being from Detroit, uh, Red Wings all the way. Uh, the Pistons for basketball, eh, uh, they're all right. Um, I've given up on the Lions. The Lions have sucked since Barry Sanders have, has left uh, when I was a kid, so I've kind of transitioned to the Steelers. Uh, so I'm just kind of wondering uh, how it's going to be without Big Ben this year. So that's going to yeah, be interesting. Kidding. Yeah, it will be for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, the heyday with Trey Palomalu and, and Big Ben yeah. and, you know, the, when they had the, the rocking team. And, uh, but Tomlin's a damn good coach. He's been there for quite a while. So, uh, I'm sure he'll pull something out. I think so. Yeah. He's an excellent coach. Definitely young coach too. So, so who's your favorite hockey team? Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Oh, all right. Nope. All right. <laughs> Where's my delete button? <laughs> what? <laughs> who's your What's team? Ah, uh, Red Wings, all oh, the way. Yeah, you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> so I got working on my Michigan sleeve, you know, with the Red Wings. I got the Tigers, and so kind of my hometown sleeve. But um, yeah, I miss the Great White North every now and then. I'll go back once or once or twice a year if I can. And after about three days, I'm like, screw this weather. I'm ready to go home. You know, <laughs> yeah, back nothing, to Orlando. Compared to Florida, yeah, yeah, definitely. So any uh, any shows uh, in the works? Any plans for uh, some tours around uh, Toronto or anything at the time? Or uh, Not yet, no. We have a bunch of radio shows. Like, we have kind of radio shows lined up for the rest of the month, just kind of sporadically. Um, and uh, doing a lot of, like I said, just different press release stuff, like magazines. And um, like I said, hope to drop that next single in my blood that we heard earlier in the show um, in the next couple of weeks. That's kind of our goal. Okay. And then just push, really push that and then figure out what song we're going to drop next. But in terms of shows, like the restrictions are loosening now. So there are live shows again here. It's just, I think the vibe is a little bit, people are still kind of unsure of, you know, how to deal with everything right now. So 
especially because we got really hit like our area northwestern ontario we got hit pretty hard with covid throughout this um, okay. experience so it's it's you know restrictions are loosening and people are eager to get back out there but it's you know not everyone is getting back out there right now so it's kind yeah, of that weird holding pattern right like oh should i go should i not let me play it safe uh you know florida we've been kind of wide open for the last six seven months the governor was just like whatever you know no restrictions go ahead do what you got to do yeah. um you know so i was pretty you know same thing i was hesitant at first and i was like ah, you know slowly kind of uh went out and started getting a little more comfortable as i went out and uh knock on wood like i mean i'm pretty healthy i take my vitamins and everything else and you know i never get sick so knock on wood now that i said that i probably will get sick but uh whatever you know but <laughs> yeah uh, so where can we find um you know for the folks listening uh to the podcast uh, and can't see the website below. Uh, where can we uh, buy merch? Where, where can we find Ultimatum? Where can we get in contact with you? Do you have vinyls? Do you have CDs, shirts? You know, what do you guys have that we could support the band with? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a website at the bottom of the screen, and um, it has some merch on there. Um, but primarily the best way, honestly, Donnie, to get in contact with us is through Instagram. That seems to be kind of the best way. We're always kind of proactively looking at our messages and responding very quickly um it's something that we kind of make a commitment to do regularly whether it's you know other artists through the label or just other different um making other connections we're always you know looking forward for you know feedback and and just to connect and have conversations that's you know we 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 love that right so um but yeah ultimatum.com is another good avenue to check out some past interviews like you mentioned radio station in scotland we have a an interview there and we have a bunch of different songs and videos and um, it's kind of like our central hub. Like we have to update it to be quite honest. <laughs> it's been a while since we updated it, but it's a little bit dated, but it's, uh, it's an, an, ex an excellent website, um, to go check out. And, uh, and we have other socials, but like I said, typically the website or typically Instagram would be the best way to contact us. Yep. And um, the website has a ton of articles, like you said. Um, and I was browsing, uh, reading some of the articles and, uh, stumbled upon it. It's a little bit older, but, uh, you opened up for all that remains. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of my favorite bands. Oh, nice! Um, so yeah, I seen that. I was like, "Be open for all that remains." That's badass. So <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah, we played a bit of a heavier set that night. <laughs> Heavy for us, anyways. It was. Uh, yeah, it was a local show at one of our bigger venues, and uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. We played with a few a few different bands that night that were just excellent. But all that remains were uh, were awesome dudes, and they they put on a like a hell of a show, right? They got up there and it was, it was really, really, really a great experience. Right. So we've, we've been fortunate in that respect where we have dealt with a lot of other, you know, bigger artists that we've looked up to and we've been able to meet and hang out with and, um, you know, open for, or even in some cases, sometimes they'd have us open for them because they're coming to Thunder Bay. And, you know, if it's artists that we really love, but aren't necessarily that big, they want an opening act they, that can kind of pull people in for the show. Right. So we've had a few unique experiences like that, but yeah, all that remains was definitely a, uh, a cool experience. Yeah, definitely a good, uh, good group of guys grew up with them on, uh, not didn't grow up with them, but grew up listening to them anyway. Um, you know, so past or present who, uh, anyone past or present, um, who would you want to share the stage with? Oh, I'm, I'm going Johnny cash. So, Johnny Cash, that's that, yeah, that's a good choice. It, it I don't know. Um, I'm a big fan of the Smiths. Um, okay. 
yeah, I love the Smiths. If they got back together and we played a show with them, that would be unreal. Um, or if somehow we could resurrect John Bonham and play with Led Zeppelin, that would be like, <laughs> I mean, at that point, I think I would hang up my guitar and just say, yeah, okay. We've, I've uh, made it. <laughs> yeah, we've crossed, yeah, we've crossed the whole list off, right? And we've come full circle and we can kind of slow slow down there. But uh, yeah, it would, it would probably it would probably have to be like one of the classic bands that I grew up listening to that I probably can't play with because the members dead or they're just not together anymore. So I don't know. What do you think? You know, that's a, that's a tough question. Cause like we all have so many favorite bands, right? You know, I, I'll just say it would be nice to share the stage with Avenged Sevenfold, you know, like every member in the band listens to that group and we all enjoy their music. We actually took a trip down to Minneapolis in 2014 just before we went on that world art world tour the ontario <laughs> tour and uh we got to see a really wicked concert so uh, i would say avenge sevenfold yeah and they put on a hell of a concert um you know stage presence and and everything else and uh so i was thoroughly surprised by a band called the fever 333 um, yeah. Oh, yeah. they good. you know seeing them live they have such a stage presence they're all over the stage there's uh, they're you know stage presence you know and and the arts and the visuals kind of make uh can make or break a um a set i guess you would say um and they just they they kicked ass on it um so that's always kind of stood out with me that was four years ago uh that i saw them play but uh just you know it stuck in my mind because the way they were on stage and their stage antics and the you know mm -hmm. how they had everything prepared on stage um you know, again, I'm, I'm super visual. I like visual arts and, and things like that. So that stuff catches my attention. And, uh, yeah, I went into the mosh pit that day and, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go back in the mosh pit again because I'm just uh, a little too old and, uh, it took me about a week to feel better. I felt like I got yeah. ran by a train. So, yeah. No kidding. No, I've, I haven't seen them live, but I've, I've seen videos and that seems like it'd be a pretty crazy show, like just packed with energy. Eh? absolutely and uh you know now i'll just stand on the border of the uh the mosh pit and push people back in you know and just kind of you yeah. know form the form the barrier um but yeah now and it, now it's crazy everyone wants to be a ninja in the mosh pit and they start swinging their arms and kicking and i'm just like uh come on guys like i don't want to get punched in the mouth just run into me <laughs> yeah just here to have a good time eh? right not, not get beaten up <laughs> it's like what yeah, do they call I'm, that hardcore dancing or something i i i'd call it ninja <laughs> dancing i'm just like i don't even know like because the mosh, growing up when we moshed it was literally you just ran into each other and you know slung into each other and ran in circles but now it's like flinging your arms doing karate kicks like uh, trying to be a power <laughs> yeah. or something i don't it's know a little but, much yeah yeah right, it's a little no. too advanced i think yeah i'm excited yeah. uh the end of may uh we have welcome to rockville here in daytona um, I skipped last year because the pandemic. I was like I said, I was still kind of iffy uh, last year about it, and even last year uh, drew 160,000 people. Uh, wow. So this year, you know, things are opening, you know, back up, and states are opening. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was 250,000 this year. I think everyone's ready to get out and, and go enjoy some music. So four days, uh, we got Nine Inch Nails, we got Kiss, uh, Guns and Roses, so many great bands. So it's going to be an epic time and uh yeah i'm super stoked for that uh you know as far as up in uh ontario area do you guys have any huge festivals like that or um we we do but nothing nothing to that like nothing to that capacity i don't think um i'm just trying to think the biggest one would be fort fest 
Yeah, well, locally. Locally, yeah. Locally. But in terms of Ontario, I mean, like, we're we're about a six-hour drive from Toronto. Um, so it's we're, – we're Thunder Bay, like, we're kind of isolated. We're kind of in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. Um, we're in northwestern Ontario, and we're about an eight-hour drive from Winnipeg. Um, okay. So we're, yeah, so we're kind of isolated in that respect. But we, we have some pretty cool shows here. Like, we've – like, Thunder Bay has been able to pull some pretty cool acts. But in terms of, like, a huge festival, we – we have a few festivals locally. Like we have one called wake the giant. Um, and that's kind of like at the Marina and that they, they pull a bunch of acts from all over the place or blues fest or uh, Canada day, Canada day, yeah, which yeah. we were, we were lucky enough to play a couple of years. So, um, but yeah, yeah. You'd have to kind of go to Toronto. I think Donnie to get like any festival of that magnitude. And even then, I don't think you're not, you're, you aren't pu- pulling a quarter million audience. I don't think right. <laughs> so all depends. You know, so what's one thing that we, you would like the fans to know about the band Ultimatum? One thing I'd like people to know, like if they haven't heard us, is that our kind of objective is to bring something to the table of music, right? We're not we're not trying to capitalize for music. We're not trying to do something that's been done before. We're trying to be innovative and bring new ideas to the table um, and just listen to a bunch of different artists and through that process, we were able to create our own unique sound. And we just want that sound to continue to grow and fester. And we want to continue to share that with people. So um, to, to those who haven't heard us yet, um, we would just, you know, we would love for people to check out the music. And and like like I said, that's our kind of our main objective is just to share our music with um, as many people across the globe as possible. Because um, we get a real thrill out of that too. We, we take it very seriously, right? We it's an extension of who we are and our personalities like Brendan and I, we've been together since grade nine <laughs> okay. uh, since high school. Right. And then we, we met James uh, Cole, our bass player in 10 and in, in the, in grade 10. And then we met um, Sam Muka, our singer, as soon as we, um, as soon as we, we graduated from high school, but there's like six, there's six of us. There's our producer, Russ Elder and uh, Richard Lawrence as well. Who's the uh, web designer. And so it's kind of like there's six of us, but there's four musicians, right? But in Ultimatum, there's there's six individuals. And um, I don't know, we work, we all really work hard and we put our heart and soul into what we do. And we, like I said, we just want to share that with people. And, um, you know, if people like it, that that's amazing, right? And if people don't like it, we still just appreciate the feedback and we appreciate people reaching out and having conversations and just giving it giving it a try, right? So um, like you said, it's I, my favorite part of interviews is when people try to compare us to other artists because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't difficult. think it's like, yeah, I don't think we've ever heard the same artist twice ever. I don't know if you have, but so I, you know, I've heard people say you sound like Nirvana. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, where, where that. did that come from? Right. But it's like to each their own. Everyone has their own unique sound that goes on in their right. head and can relate it in some way or another. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I would say with you guys, it was the hardest. Um, Usually I can, I, I, like, I've, I've always had a passion for music, so I, I can pick up on all kinds of bands or, you know, sounds, you know, that would, would draw me, uh, you know, to think of, you know, who you sounded similar to. And with you guys, I'm just like, I sat and sat and I'm like, you know, the piano reminds me of Elton John, but you know, the, the vocals aren't, you know, Elton John, you know, Mumford and Sons comes into mind, you know, just because of the music and, you know, how they kind of, um, they're very, uh, loud and and upbeat not that you're not upbeat but your your vocals are, are soothing and, and a little bit softer than um you know mumford and sons per se so 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest compliment we can receive, I think, as artists now. So thank you for that, Donnie, because, you know, having someone say that, like, I can't really compare you to anyone else or I, you know, it sounds completely different. That that to me as an artist is like the biggest, you know, the biggest compliment that we can receive today. So that's very, very cool. And uh, surprise. Um you guys are uh, playing a, a, a song for us. Uh, I spoke with your producer. He didn't tell you, but uh, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking like, I didn't talk to this guy. Like, yeah, uh, exactly, that's exactly what he did. He's just in the corner here. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to play a little bit of uh, the song In the Blood, In My Blood, excuse me. Um, we played uh, a little bit at the intro. And uh, for the folks that are here now that are just arriving, uh, we're going to play a little bit for you just so you can get a little bit of a taste. This is unreleased uh, to be determined when it will be out. And that is my favorite part when it goes upbeat and, uh, you know, it's so soothing at first and then it's like, boom, you know, right up to the top. So, <laughs> Thank so, you so much. that's a sneak peek for you folks, uh, unreleased uh, music by Ultimatum. And uh, that will be coming out uh, as a single uh, here in the future, um, unsure when. But uh, you can always follow uh, Ultimatum at ultimatum.com. You can follow them on their IG handle. Uh, your IG handle is... Uh, just ultimatum. Yeah, it's okay. spelt. Yeah, it's spelt just how it is in the in the photo there. A L T A M A D U M. Okay, so make sure you uh, check them out. Make sure you go give them a like, a follow. Check out their music. Support them any way that you can. Uh, check out the website. There are super uh, cool articles uh, from Scotland. Uh, you know, from Canada, from all over the place uh, that have been written in magazines about ultimatum uh, and the band itself. So it's been a pleasure having you guys on the show, and. Uh, it's it's absolute absolute pleasure uh and i'm gonna go jam out to in my blood uh here shortly after this and uh any final departing words for the fans out there i actually just wanted to say thank you donnie to for you know taking the time and, and doing this we're definitely a fan of the show and um you know we've been following you closely over the last couple of weeks and and it's been uh it's been our pleasure buddy so thank you for having us and taking the the time out and having a conversation it's been awesome Absolutely. You guys are welcome on the show more uh, anytime. So when you drop uh, In My Blood, hit me up. We'll, we could do a release party. Whatever you guys want to do, you're always welcome on the show. Um, and, and thanks for coming on the show as an artist. And uh, folks, until next time, remember, keep it sloppy. And I hope we pleasured your ear holes just for a little bit. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. <laughs>